Welcome back to GivePod, everyone, Greater Vancouver's business podcast. I'm Bridget Anderson, President and CEO of the Greater Vancouver Board of Trade. We're continuing our series, The R Word, and today we're talking about the markets and how a potential recession could impact investors. I'm joined by Deborah Doucette, President and CEO of Audlin Brown, and Murray Leith, Executive Vice President of Investment Research. Welcome. Good morning. Thanks for having us. Okay, so let's start with the $64 million question. What are your views around the potential of a recession? And Deborah, I'll get you to kick things off. Well, I think um, we're expecting to see a slowdown, but um, I think as as Murray will confirm, I, uh, you know, the markets see uh, the markets are forward looking. So I, I think um, we will definitely see a slowdown in the next, you know, year, year and a half. But I don't think that we expect it to be as as deep and as difficult as a lot of people think it, it think is going to happen. Murray, what are your views? No, you know, the, 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 the world economy slowed down last year to about 3% from 6% the year before, roughly speaking. And, and I think it's going to continue to slow down. Um, you know, the, the thing that most people don't appreciate is that it takes up to two years before changes in interest rates work their way through the economy. And we had significant interest rate increases uh, in North America and, and around the world for that matter. And and the big increases in interest rates that we had last year are going to work their way into the economy this year and into 2024. I think the odds are, are pretty high that we do have a recession, but I agree with Debbie that um, I think it will be a milder one, not a, a severe one. Well, Murray, you know, just even the last couple of days, there's been a lot of discussion about this. Inflation is certainly persistent. The labor market continues to be tight. And there was some thinking even a month ago that perhaps interest rates could come down slightly at the end of this calendar year, early next. That seems to be changing a bit, that maybe, in fact, interest rates aren't going to be cut and, in fact, could go up even a little bit more. What do you think? Um, well, we have to t- talk about shorter term and longer term interest rates and and the central banks control the short shorter term interest rates or the, the building blocks um, for for short term and longer term interest rates. But longer term interest rates uh, peaked a while ago and have been coming down, which is the market's way of anticipating that the economy is going to slow and ultimately the central banks will lower interest rates. Uh, but, you know, the hope that they'd, you know, reach a peak uh, sort of middle of this year and come down later uh, in the year, uh, that hope is dissipating somewhat now, in part because the job market uh, remains uh, strong and and inflation is proving to be persistent. Yeah, like a lot of people with a variable mortgage rate, like myself, I was hoping, and I think that hope has now gone out the window. Now, both of you have been in Autumn Brown for a long time, for decades. So, Debbie, is there a different kind of attitude this time that you're seeing investors around this economic cycle? There does seem to be, maybe every one of them is different, but this time seems a little bit different than previous ones. What do you think about that? You know, I know people say that. I <laughs> tend to... I think it always feels different because it's new again. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that, you know, it's each time it's different as people become 
people are a lot more aware. I mean, it's everywhere. Um, it, it's not just, you know, 15, 20 years ago, you might see it in the paper or see it on the news. Now it's, it's all encompassing and it's everywhere. So people, I think, talk about it more, but I, I, I don't really feel that it, it feels different. I just feel, feel that it's been such a long time where we haven't seen one that it, it's the newness of it again. Um, and maybe that's a good point, especially for some of those who are younger and, you know, just kind of getting their careers started is they don't remember the eighties and they were pretty painful. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny, I was having this conversation with one of my kids the other day and, and uh, she's in university and she was talking about, you know, gas prices and everything's getting more expensive. And of course she's having to pay for a few things now, so, <laughs> you know, that's all changing. And, uh, you know, I was thinking back, like my, my university years were during that time and, uh, 18, 20% interest rates. And, um, you know, it, it seemed awful at the time. In fact, I remember getting my first mortgage and it was 12 and a half percent. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, like I got a great deal. So, you know, I think it has been a very long time since we've seen, um, a rate increase on a percentage basis, like we've seen. And uh, I think it's just, it's the newness. Of it. Yeah, probably a bit of a false reality that interest rates were going to stay so low. And we were all probably every one of us in some way or another, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves thinking it was free money, right? Yeah, well, I think Murray, you were saying yesterday, like what we've had um, of the last 15 years, nine of them, have I got that right, have been Nine of the last 14 years since yeah. the since the uh, financial um, crisis, uh, interest rates, administered interest rates have been zero uh, in the U.S. It's a long time. Pretty close in Canada as well. And, and in my opinion, that's too long. You know, we've conditioned people to to expect ultra low interest rates and, and we've inflated asset values. You know, home prices went up 40 percent during the pandemic. You know, we needed to get people back to work and tide them over when we were locked down, but we didn't need to inflate asset prices that much. And, and but people have gotten used to central banks that come to the rescue at any sign of trouble. And they've been able to do that over the last number of decades because there's been deflationary forces largely coming out of China and other emerging markets with abundant cheap labor that have kept the lid on wages and, and goods prices. But we don't have that deflationary force in the world that we live in today. We have the worst inflation or, you know, have the worst inflation in 40 years. So we have to normalize, um, you know, we've been living through a period that I would describe as abnormal. You know, money being as mm -hmm. and abundant as it has been. And so there's there's generations of people that aren't used to uh, an environment where money's not just cheap and, 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 and abundant. Yeah, Debbie, like you, my kids are university and I think a bit of a wake up call for them what's happening right now. So as standing back, you know, uh, a lot of changes, a lot of changes in the market, a lot of fluctuations. Uh, those We're talking about inflation continuing to rise, interest rates going up. How are you seeing decision making being done different by investors? Murray, maybe you could kick this off. Like, what are people doing differently to react to what they're seeing unfold? Um. Well, our clients aren't reacting, and, and, and that's the good news, is that, 
you know, we want uh, investors to have a long-term orientation. Um, economic setbacks are, are inevitable. Um, but, you know, there's a saying that, you know, economists predicted eight of the last three recessions. And the problem is if you, if you manage your money trying to anticipate um, setbacks, you, you end up on the sidelines. Uh, missing out uh, in, in the good times. And, you know, I, I, I said uh, we've been going around the province doing our annual address to the clients. And one of the points that I, I make in terms of staying the course is people would be wealthier if they treated their stocks like their home. <laughs> most people, their home is their most valuable asset. And, and it is because they hang on to it through thick and thin. They don't, you know, react to nasty headlines and think about selling the house. Um, and if they did that with their stocks, you know, they're pieces of businesses that that grow over time and and they'd be wealthier if they, they didn't react to uh, the, 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 the shorter term noise about what's going to happen day to day. So reaction aside, uh, Debbie, are you seeing people then maybe foregoing some big purchases, whether it's, uh, you know, a vacation home or a new vehicle? Are people talking to you about that and just waiting to see what the next few months might bring? I haven't seen that. We had a, a big recept client reception yesterday, and um, it was interesting when uh, you're talking to clients and all of them were very forward looking in terms of, you know, wanting to get out and do the things that they hadn't been doing. And I heard a lot of vacation plans yesterday. A lot of pent up um, demand. Yeah. And uh, I, so I, I'm not saying that that's not happening because I, I certainly see it myself. Um, you know, you go into uh, a retail store, you know, it was, it was slower at Christmas. I was surprised at the lack of, of crowds, so to speak. I don't know how much that is a COVID holdover and how much of that is just concern, economic concern. Um, you know, so we're not, we're not seeing, I'm not, I'm not personally seeing that. Um, that's not to say it doesn't exist, but I, I think that the demand side of that, just getting out and taking advantage of that service sector again is um, it, it's definitely there. And I know that you, advise individuals, but, you know, a lot of the people who will be listening to this would perhaps be business owners or business executives and thinking about investing in their business and is now the time to do that. Uh, what kind of uh, advice or conversations are you having from that perspective? Right. right. Murray, maybe you could handle this one. Well, I think every business is different, but often, you know, slowdowns are an opportunity to, um, invest in your business and maybe take market share. Um, you know, everybody knows the labor market's been so tough. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I think we're all feeling a little bit of ease up and, and trying to find talent. Um, it's been so hard for so long. So there's a lot of businesses, I think, that, you know, look at this opportunistically. I think there's, you know, also businesses that, you know, are feeling the pain um, from the pricing pressures, uh, inability maybe to pass on price increases to, to customers. Um, but they're somewhat reluctant to let go of employees that were so hard to get in the first place. And that's contributing to the sort of ongoing tightness in the labor market. But I, you know, I think people are, you know, have their eyes open and are, are prepared to, to pivot um, if need be, and, and they're waiting to see what happens to the economy. 
You know, as you mentioned, in every crisis or in this situation, we're talking about a downturn, there's opportunity. So let's focus on that as we round out the conversation. Um, I think everybody recognizes there are challenges out there and some economic headwinds, but in that there are opportunities. So what are you advising clients around opportunities at this point and the approach to take? Uh, Murray, I'll begin with you. Well, the main message is stay the course. You know, we have balanced portfolios. Um, you know, we've been stressing the need to be diversified um, in, in, in in because the, the, the possible economic outcomes are, 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 are many and varied. Um, and we don't want to be betting on, on one specific outcome. But another point that I've been making is the market is forward. The stock market is forward looking. It anticipates what's going to happen in the future. Um, we had a really tough year last year. Um, if you look at history, the market tends to go down the year before a recession, and then actually ends up uh, in the year of the recession. It always happened, but it's what happens most often. And there was a lot of uh, speculative froth that was expunged from the stock market last year. Uh, but also, if you think about the big uh, technology, the, the FANG stocks, the Facebooks, the Apples, Amazons, Netflix, Google, and and uh, and Microsoft, that group of companies, they were down 40% last mm-hmm. year. Um, they're having a better year this year. But um, I think a lot of the slowdown that's anticipated has already been discounted in the stock market. So I'm actually feeling pretty constructive about the businesses that uh, our clients own. Um, they're all solid businesses. They have strong financial position and, and they're, you know, we look three to five years out and I don't have trouble believing that they're going to be bigger, stronger, and more valuable down the road. And Debbie, what are you saying to your clients then? Well, I I think the other opportunity that's out there that we haven't seen for a very long time is the ability to ballast portfolios with fixed income. Um, You know, we haven't, like there's zero rates at one like zero or 1%, mm-hmm. uh, they don't offer much to a client who who's at that point uh, stage of life where they they want to have more protection in their portfolio, less equity exposure. And so they've been just sort of sitting in cash, which isn't always the best, isn't the best thing either. So I think to have an opportunity now to see some real rates in the fixed income market and ballast portfolios in a better way is actually um, a bit of a silver lining of where we're at. Yeah, great point. Uh, before I let you go, um, I understand that Audlin Brown is celebrating 100 years in operation this year. Both of you have been with the organization for a long time. What's your, um, you know, what are you thinking in this really milestone year? Uh, Murray, and then I'll go to Debbie. Murray, what are you thinking, um, you know, that's a long time for an organization uh, to, to be around, a very long history. Yeah, well, I'm not the only one that's been at this firm for a long time. I feel really grateful to, A, be in the business that's flourished over the, the, the you know, the 30 plus years that I've been in the business, but be able to hang my hat here at a firm that, you know, doesn't have the conflicts of interest that exists at a lot of other firms, because we have a, a singular focus on the individual investor. And I enjoy coming to work every day and, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to the next number of years. Not going to be around another hundred, but. uh... (laughs) Yeah. And just be clear, neither Murray or Debbie, have you been there for a hundred years? Debbie, you've been there 30 years as well. Yeah. Yeah. Long time. Um, You know, I think for me, it's, 
it's a it's a funny place to be looking back and looking forward at the same time. Um, you know, stone a hundred years, um, especially in a space that where there's been so much consolidation. Um, it's it's really you know it's it's a fantastic achievement. But I, I think when I look forward, um, I'm really confident that there'll be somebody sitting in this chair celebrating the 200th. <laughs> and I, I know that's because, you know, the firm, and I know people say this all the time, but it really is, it really is the case here that it's a firm built on values. And even though the circumstances around us change all the time, those values haven't. And uh, I know that they're going to see us through for the next hundred, whoever happens to be here. And uh, it's it's a really nice place to be, to be able to look backwards and forwards and see the same things in a lot of ways. Well, congratulations once again on a really significant milestone. And thank you for the conversation today and a really important reminder around opportunities. So really appreciate your time, Debbie and Murray. Thank you.